Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is up, guys? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for students looking to get ahead and study more effectively, but not a good place to look up who has the record for eating the most Wisconsin cheese curds. Is there a record for that I'm officially? Ser- I'm serious about that. I actually don't know. So it's not a good okay. resource for that. Okay. You can Google that later. That's fair. Or perhaps our show notes guy will put that in the show notes. <laughs> Anyway, my name is Thomas Frank, and I'm here as always with my good friend Martin Bamey. What's up, dude? I'm just chilling. Recording you know a podcast. There's you, tea, probably. Uh, probably there, an herbal infusion, honestly. It is um, Roy Boss. Yep, there it is. Good old hot cinnamon spice Roy Boss, one of my favorites. My name my is Roy absolute. Boss. Yeah, I'm Roy the Boss. Boss of all Roy's. I wonder. That's how it is. I wonder if uh, the Japanese coffee brand Boss Coffee is run by a guy, a guy named Roy. Yeah. How great would that be? Whoa. Then he would be the Roy Boss. Okay. Owner of Boss Coffee. I drank a lot of Boss Coffee in Japan. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. You just get it out of vending machines everywhere. I did see that in the Yakuza 6. Yes. Yakuza 6 is a great um, a great way to like see what Japan actually looks like. Cool game. To be honest. Yeah, it's a pretty cool game. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about a concept called the hedonic treadmill, which you and I, I know we talk about it quite often off the air. Yeah. We've probably mentioned it one or two times here on the show. And I just, I think it's something that is uh, good to talk about because as you get into adulthood, you realize that your happiness is determined by your average day experience, yeah, not by how many mountains you climbed or how many vacations you take or how much money you make or all that kind of stuff. So that is what I want to talk about today. I know you have a lot of thoughts about it because we talk about this all the time. This this thought is basically ingrained into my like yes. pattern of how to live. Yes. Uh, before we get started, though, a couple of quick little to-do items on my checklist here. They're actually not written here. I'm just going to... Oh, okay. I was just pretending. They're not on my iPad. Oh, no. Number one, I saw uh, just the other day the first picture of a CIG t-shirt tweeted to me. So Nice. Good on you, first person who did that. And I'm still waiting for, like, mountain summit pictures. I'm waiting for pictures of people fighting sharks. I'm oh, waiting you got the for... shirt, like, on over your scuba gear? Yes. Or something? Exactly. Well, duh. Why would you just wear a wetsuit while scuba diving? Clearly, it's you need to call it a t-shirt. There are fish poking out of it. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I cannot guarantee how many fish these shirts will hold. But I, I would love to see like a shark fighting picture, shark surfing pictures. Anything with sharks, really. Uh, anyway, all that to say, we uh, still have College Info Geek shirts for sale in our brand new merch store, collegeinfogeek.com slash merch. And I'm very glad that you or Guillerme remembered to set that URL up I last did, in week fact. because I forgot about it after I said on the show. And then the show was live and I was listening to it and I was like, oh, did I actually get that thing up? So isn't yeah, that, having a team now. that is detail oriented 
and pays attention, just a great thing. Oh, that is nice. There are quite a lot of details. It is, yeah, it's a nice thing. And there's a lot of details going around. Anyway, uh, so those are available and we're gonna have some new designs coming out. Um, they might actually be out by the time you're listening to this episode. I can't guarantee that. I know they were ordered last week. Oh, cool. I don't know how long it takes whatever company we're going through to ship and deliver a gigantic bundle of t-shirts and something else that isn't t-shirts, but you'll just have to go look at the store to see what it is. Oh, man. Ooh. Anywho. Uh, and you can also join our official College Info Geek Discord over at collegeinfogeek.com slash discord if you want to chat with other ambitious students who are looking to get ahead in terms of fitness, in terms of studying, productivity, all kinds of great stuff. I am really happy with the way that community is developing over there. So go check it out if you're looking for some people to talk with and get motivated by. All right. All of my notes are out of the way. All Let's right. talk about this concept here. Uh, so I just, I'm going to introduce the concept itself because this is an actual yeah. concept in psychology that has got a lot of research behind it. Um, and this episode is, I think, a first in one way, which is that I am making this a companion to a video. So by the time that you are listening to this, there will be a video up on my YouTube channel about the hedonic treadmill. That video, I've already written it, haven't filmed it yet. So I'm not gonna refer to the script. What I thought this could be is just like a more in-depth conversation about the concept, but also about how to start improving your average day. Yeah. And you know, we can get more perspectives than just my own because you're here. Uh, so the hedonic treadmill, this uh, this concept's definition from Wikipedia reads, the hedonic treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation, is the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events or life changes. And um, the article talked about how this concept has kind of been written about for a really long time. And I love this quote from St. Augustine like 400 years ago. He said, a true saying it is, desire hath no rest, is infinite in itself, endless, and as one calls it, a perpetual rack or horse mill. So the general idea here is, as you make progress in your life, as you make more money, as you get a bigger house, a bigger, a better car, you move to a cooler city, all these things, you don't become exponentially happier as a result. Yeah. And I think about this a lot. Like eight years ago, I started college and I actually looked at my tax return the other day. It was like, I made less than $10,000 total that year from all my part-time jobs. I lived in a cramped dorm with our friend Clyde. So I probably had like, I don't know, the size of a parking space to my name. But I don't think in most dimensions that I was significantly less happy on a day-to-day -day basis back then as I am now. Even though now I make more than 10 times that amount. I drive a better car. I have a bed, or, you know, an apartment with actual bedrooms and a kitchen and fancy a bathroom like i have all that these things fancy. you know there's like more social media followers more career success more accolades all these kinds of things and yet like i don't wake up every day and go man i'm way way happier yeah. than i was yeah you don't wake up every morning in like pure bliss yeah driven insane by how happy everything is now yeah and i think this is an important realization to have 
because it it's very easy to convince yourself that if you're unhappy now, the thing that will make you happy is the next achievement. It's if I could only make $10,000 more dollars a year or yeah. if I could only drive this car, if I could only have a Tesla, I would be happy. Or if I could only have a house with a garage. And I've known about this concept for a long time. I think you have too. Yeah, but I, it's still I read something about it in like 2012 or 2013. Oh, okay. and it's just been I've just been obsessed with the average day being important. Yeah, yeah. Like forever. And even even still, like I get caught up thinking, oh, if I could just have that one thing. And I, I think my my brain knows to to stop me in the middle of these fantasies and go, no, it's not actually going to make you happier on a day to day basis. But I still want it, and it's still very tempting to think that like that's what's going to complete my life, even though I know that it won't. Yeah, like the difference between if if you get something really cool, like a boosted board, for example, the difference, for example. like like it's really cool, but the difference overall and like what the rest of your life looks like if you get it or don't get it is yeah. just well, it's not that different. It, yeah. Most things don't end up being all that significant mm-hmm. to your overall the rest of your life happiness. Yeah, so I wonder what what the action that this knowledge implies is. Does it mean like whatever you do, you're not going to be happier, so you should do none of it? Ooh, that's a sad way to look at it. Should you sell all your things, go live in the mountains, wear loincloth, and just own nothing? Yes, but only because it's cool, not because of the hedonic treadmill. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So one thing that I think about here, um, and there was a quote I put in my, my last week's newsletter about this, I feel like the the concept of the treadmill, like it's important to remember that it's a treadmill. So in one dimension, like you walking doesn't get you any further in terms of happiness, but also just as important, if you stop walking, you go backwards. Mm. But I think that we need to figure out like where, where the nuance is here, or we need to be nuanced about it because clearly like you could say, all right, well then you need to keep walking in terms of accumulating material possessions or you need to keep walking forward in terms of making more and more money every year. So, and, and you know, that doesn't make sense to me. That I feel like there's a level at which you would make enough money that you could be content. And you could have a big enough house that you would be content. But in other dimensions, I feel like stagnation or just accepting the status quo will lead to unhappiness. Well, maybe it's maybe it's in that it's just accepting the status quo. Whereas if you look at like uh, certain sects of Buddhism, or like like a monk who's just been a monk forever, yeah, it's not so much that they're just accepting the status quo because that sounds all defeated. Mm-hmm. But the way they're they're cool with what they're doing is because they are truly grateful for and appreciate and exist in like their current yeah. present moment. It's not so much like I don't need to work that hard. Eh, it's not going to get any better. It's like everything is so amazing. I'll just embrace every moment, and who could want more? Everything is this great already. So it's like the mm-hmm. difference between gratitude and then the cynicism of not like thinking that you're capable of being happy until you do something. Yeah. But you shouldn't ever use this as an excuse to push off your happiness. I guess the real lesson here is that you can be happy just like those imaginary monks I was just talking about. With whatever you have, you can find a way to at least cope and get through something temporary and be happy with it. You don't have to say, I can't be happy till next year. Yeah. You can say, I can be happy now and next year the situation will be better and I'll still be happy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
but you shouldn't just say, I guess I'll just be angry and depressed all year. Yeah. I guess, so how, how much have you read about them, the Buddhist monks? Because um, I know next to nothing. I read a book. Honestly, I can't remember the name at all right now. I didn't know that I was going to talk about it. But, but I you read, know more than me. Yeah, I read a book by a Zen Buddhist not too long ago. Okay. I'm just going to figure out what it is. It's on my Goodreads. But okay. I really enjoyed it. And a lot of it is just about, like, accepting you fully exist in the present moment. You know, like, mm. w- one of your ultimate goals as a being could be to fully express yourself yeah. and intake the world around you in every moment. Mm-hmm. And it would it would be really easy to cynically say that that means you don't need to grow anymore. Yeah. because But that's maybe the way I worded it actually implies that that's true. You don't need to grow anymore. The, po- mm-hmm. the point is you should be able to be grateful for what you have. And then your average day on the hedonic treadmill is happy. You're grateful yeah. no matter what it is. Even as you're trying to get more, if you don't get more fast enough, you're still happy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I think that's, at least from my perspective, the ultimate goal is learning how to accept the fact that your desires will tend to match your progression and that your average everyday happiness is not determined by that progression. But I still feel like the fact that I'm progressing in different aspects of my life does play a big role in my overall happiness. Like what makes me happy is moments of discovery moments where I maybe feel like figure out how to do a different filming technique or I figure out even how to like code something like how to code something in Excel. Yeah. Like it brings me a ton of happiness. So I guess like the question is if you're a Buddhist monk, is there this drive to really grow in any area? Like, do they have like a specific thing they're striving towards? Probably present mindedness and the ability to fully, fully experience life. Is it like a metric for that or is it just like, I feel like I'm doing better now? I don't know that there's a metric to it. And the book I read was, it turns out, a Zen mind to beginner's mind for the record. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But I'm definitely not an expert in this topic. But it's not like you can't reach enlightenment unless you're an expert programmer. Like, yeah, it's and and in the book, actually, um, Shunryu Suzuki, I think, said specifically like, these bursts of immediate enlightenment aren't even necessarily the point. The point is to do the meditation. The point is to be there in the moment. And that is the point because if you expect something from it, then you're giving yourself something to be sad you didn't get. Yeah. You're not there for the for the process, the experience. And what you just described is that you really like the progression. But it's right. not like one movie film technique you just learned is what made you happy. That technique is not capable of giving you purpose for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's because it's you keep wanting you keep wanting to discovery. grow. Right. Yeah, and like so th- it's like the process. So the process of meditation, the mere act of attempting to live in the present is good enough and and you should be grateful for it and the process of learning and growing is good. But it's important to remember that no particular stage on any metric like that is the end stage we're all happy and everything's great and you don't care anymore okay like do rich people stop wanting money no Uh, almost never almost never very very few very a lot of them give away a lot of their wealth there are some great people out there but in general you're just like well now i just want a fancier yacht to put on the pool that's on my first yacht because the pool now it's big enough to hold a yacht 
and I feel like I'm yeah. wasting the space. You need another yacht on it. And you need another yacht. And then you it's keep yachts needing all more the yachts. Way up. Yeah, and you, every single time you get a yacht, you want another yacht. And you're never done. <laughs> you never just sit back and say, that's my life. <laughs> yachts all the way up, turtles all the way down. That's how it works. It's just a weird that's pyramid of turtles. the real world. Okay. So I feel like parts of this sort of exist in the background for me, but I've never really thought about this philosophy in a more upfront way. I guess I always see life as like a constant progression and that's where I kind of derive fulfillment from. So this, this sort of seems like the total opposite, like deriving fulfillment from simple being. Yeah. Which is kind of foreign to me. I don't, it's not like something I hate. Like I don't hate just being in the moment. I'm not like frustrated that I'm not progressing at this very moment that I'm just like talking and saying words I've said a million times before, but I, I never really consciously think about the satisfaction of just being in the moment mm. that much. Yeah, I do that I all the know. time. Yeah, this reminds me of um, learning that there are like certain religious groups in the world who don't think you should listen to music like at all, which it seemed completely foreign to me, but... And I still, like, personally disagree with telling other people to live a life philosophy where you never listen to music because I feel like that's integral to our being. But I'm a person who almost always listens to music. And over the past week or so, I've been trying to consciously not listen to music at certain times, and I've noticed certain benefits from it. Yeah. Like, I stopped listening to music in the shower. And this was more... I've never even considered doing that. I've had a Bluetooth speaker in my bathroom for two years, I think, at this point. And every Hmm. morning, I would listen to music and sing along with it in the shower. And it's great. But I've been getting up really early now, and I've been taking my shower right away. And Anna's still asleep. She's in the room right next door, so I don't listen to music. And I noticed, like, oh, the shower thoughts came back. And I'm like getting ideas for things I could say in videos. And I'm actually using my little shower notebook that's stuck to the wall. Like I have half of a video outlined on that shower notebook that I'm going to have to go look at after this episode. And for the last, I don't know, year or two, I've been singing the shower every single day. There were no thoughts for videos because the music is just drowning that out. And when you read some of the people who think you should never listen to music, that is part of their reasoning. They're like, you could be contemplating... God in certain uh, certain religions, you could be contemplating uh, existence. You could be like doing important self development work instead of listening to these beats that are just distracting mm-hmm. you. Um, and I kind of understand where they're coming from now. I hadn't really thought about it that yeah, way, but it, it, it makes does. Sense. Even though I like I work with music, but and I think that works for me. Listening to different kinds of music in times where I didn't think I needed to be working was kind of like blocking out my ability to sort of do that diffused mode thinking. Yeah. So still don't really like the idea of never listening to music. Uh, never, I think that's kind of crazy. I think but, extremes, really almost any extreme yeah. is probably too far. That's true. Uh, no specifics yeah. are needed. Extremes are generally bad. Notice I'm not even extreme with whether all extremes are bad. <laughs> They're generally bad. <laughs> generally bad, yeah. That's true. Yeah, there's usually like a middle way that makes sense. So I suppose, yeah, if, if you're looking to improve the quality of your average day thinking about deriving happiness from the simple act of being in the moment would be a good place to start yeah because if you're forever obsessed with progression then you're going to feel on edge and you're going to feel like you're not moving fast enough 
at all times. Yeah, and, and it's not like progression doesn't matter, but like tomorrow, there will never be a point at which you feel you can stop progressing. So you got to remember to find points in your average day yeah. to enjoy while you're still progressing in other areas. But mm-hmm. you, if you're not happy now, then I don't think you'll be much happier. Yeah. Even with another 10 years of that progress, other changes will need to happen mm-hmm. to allow you to actually enjoy and appreciate the average day. Like, I, I don't listen to music almost at all. Honestly, really? very little, very little music. I work in silence. I shower in silence. I generally drive in silence. I like to think a lot all the time. Yeah. I'm constantly observing everything. Photography is a good outlet for that. Right. And, like, it never even occurred to me to listen to music in the shower. Not on purpose, <laughs> but just because I enjoy the act of, like, contemplating things. Probably too much. I probably spent too much time thinking. Sometimes it's a downside. Maybe you're on the contemplation extreme. Maybe I am. I'm Maybe I'm a little extreme. bit on there. I would not be too surprised given yeah. that my brain is dumb. But it's like being able to improve your average day is something I've been thinking about since just years and years ago when I read this article on uh, weight but why, mm-hmm. talking about basically this concept. And they go into this description near the end of the article. It's a really good article. I enjoyed it. And I think that this is partially referencing somebody's TED talk that I don't remember because that's not where I got the idea. I wonder if it's like the science of happiness one. Maybe. I don't remember. But it's like, so your life is a painting, right? Your life is a painting. And people tend to assume that their happiness, the way they enjoy it, is the broad strokes of the painting, the de- the overall big picture. Right. But at any given moment, you're only in today. You're in one pixel of that painting. Yeah. At any given moment, the broad strokes are never actually a part of your life. The big picture yeah. is only an abstract that will be useful for your biography or if you want to consider what direction to go in. Right. But the big direction itself is never something you are doing. Never experiencing it. So yeah. to speak. You know, you're never like, I'm getting famous. I feel it in this very moment. It's amazing. <laughs> what yeah. is this? Like, it's it's not ever that. you just like, oh, look, those numbers went up. I feel good about that for now, but it's a long process. Yeah. And you'll go to sleep and you'll start it again tomorrow. And then if you don't like the that it's not going to work and if every single weekend is great but you hate your weekdays most of your life now sucks mm-hmm. like i by default most of your days are average days so yeah for me it's been my goal to focus strongly on patterns mm-hmm. as opposed to short-term goals and i'm just like you know how uh, a lot of people want to work on some goal and but they work full-time this sucks i know this sucks you don't have a lot of time to work on what you want. You don't yeah. have a lot of free time. You can't do, you can't exercise. You can't cook enough. You can't work on your hobbies or your projects that might be the next big thing for you. Mm-hmm. So you think, I'll wait for it. But I am almost like obsessively scared of thinking that way because I think if I can't figure out how to make free time today on a random weekday where I have to work a full amount. I have to cook because you need food to eat and cooking is better for me and I spend time with Ashley. If I can't find time on that day, then why should I ever assume I will find time? Mm, Just yeah. ever. What day will I not likely be working, spending time with Ashley and eating something? They're pretty integral to life yeah. and I don't expect that there will be many days without most of those things, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. So, so I've you just figure been, out how to make it work now. Yeah, I'm like obsessed with not putting off those goals like that because mm-hmm. part of being in the moment isn't just about 
you know, not needing goals and saying they're dumb, but accepting that you don't, these requirements to start these goals are just hurting your average day. They're just making you not ever do the thing you want. Yeah. Well, so I think that's a good jumping off point for something I wanted to talk about here, which is the fact that if you want to make your average day better, I think you don't look at what you can add to your life in terms of more money, more space, whatever. First, look at what annoys you. Like what parts of your day don't you like? So maybe it's like, I hate sitting in the car in bumper to bumper traffic for half an hour each way to work. Don't like doing that. Uh, I don't like cooking. Maybe you don't like cooking. That's fine. And like you said, you're not going to be able to do this big project that you want to do in the future if you can't figure out a way to do it now because you're looking at a future average day, which is probably going to look a lot like today's average day. Yeah. So what sort of changes can you start making to remove those annoyances from your life or to lessen their impact? So, for example, I don't like commuting to the office at rush hour. No, that's, that's horrible. Oh, rush hour I did so it this bad. morning. It was the worst. I'm sorry. And I did it because I wanted to well, I wanted to get up and work out, but also I ended up going to bed a little later last night. And that was mostly Anna's fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, she likes to stay up and work on projects, and but she also wants to go to bed. It's It's a constant battle with us. Both of us, actually. But last night, it happened to be her. So if I want to avoid rush hour traffic, I could just wake up an hour earlier, and I could work out at a place near the office. Or I could bike to work. I could do all kinds of things that are going to take that annoying thing out of my average day-to-day. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going to raise my average day-to-day happiness. Yeah. Like that. Or maybe you just straight up don't like to cook. Okay. Bulk cook. Sundays just make a giant soup or a huge batch of chili or a bunch of grilled chicken or grilled tofu or whatever, throw it in containers and you're good to go for the rest of the week. Yeah. Or I use freshly and they just like send me meals and I throw them in the microwave and they're good to go. I still cook like twice a week probably, but I don't want to cook every day either because I hate washing dishes every day. Yeah. And those, those little things add up to a lot more than they seem like, mm-hmm. especially when you replace it with something good, like, like biking. If you like yes. riding your bike, like, I think it would be hard to think, oh, I know how to have the ultimate happiness in life. I'll just ride my bike. Like, maybe that wouldn't be obvious. Yeah. But you're going to add so much improvement to your average day if mm-hmm. you get rid of an annoying thing and put in something fun. Or even, it's just like a calm, enjoyable thing. It's not like you went on a roller coaster every morning. It's yeah. not a crazy burst of, like, dopamine. Mm-hmm. But it, it just makes your life a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. And I wanted to mention this because... I think a lot of people, when they hear about the hedonic treadmill and they hear about the fact that your happiness level is going to basically hit an equilibrium and it will, it will never, it will you know, never move up long term. They sort of think like, oh, well then I should just do what I've always done because it's not going to get any better. I think that you can substantially increase your day-to-day happiness. It's just not through constant adding of things it's not through making more money or getting a better car or doing whatever the next thing around the corner is that you think is going to improve your life a billion fold it's through these small little process improvements how can i reclaim more of my time how can i spend less time doing the things i hate doing how can i spend more time with people that i like being with 
those kind of things. Like I think you can make process improvements, but it's the difference between an improvement that brings a one-time giant jolt of dopamine, like hitting a million subscribers or getting a new car, and an improvement that actually takes place every single day. I'm now biking to work, having fun, instead of sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Or I'm now getting to work two hours early, it was a really easy drive, and now I'm working out at a cool climbing gym or something. Yeah. That's, you know, near my work. Yeah, Just like small little tweaks to your day. It would be really self-defeating to accept the the idea that you can't be happier mm-hmm. because you can make it worse. So yes, let's let's not pretend you can't make your life worse. You can absolutely become true. less happy. Yeah. So you can you can become more happy. It's just not in the ways that like movies might tell us that we become mm-hmm. more happy. And I, actually, I think this is important to note in the opposite direction too, because the Wikipedia article said, and I think most people who have gone through something that sucks will be able to tell you this. Um, your happiness sort of adjusts to a negative event too, if it's a one-time negative event. Now, there, there may be trauma, there may be lasting effects, we don't wanna minimize those, but if something bad happens, like, for example, I ordered a boosted board and it got stolen. Yeah. And I was really, really angry in the moment and I felt betrayed and I felt just like really ticked off. But the next day I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm back to being fine. I'm still really angry someone stole from me and I'm I'm annoyed that I now have to wait another two weeks for a replacement and I have to wait to be reimbursed, but like I'm back to my normal level of happiness. Yeah. So the human brain is very good at adapting. But if you add negative ongoing things to your life, that could really reduce your happiness. So again, what goes on in your day-to-day? Uh, and this brings me to something that I know we've talked about before, but it bears repeating. What habits do you have in your life that seemed enjoyable when you first started doing them, but were harmful to you long-term that are now just routine, that don't actually make your life happier on a day-to-day basis? So like, what if, like, are you drinking way too much soda because it was really great the first few times you did it? But oh, now but then, it's just then a it habit. doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't even yeah. like taste it anymore after a while. You're just yeah, like, yeah, that was a thing, I guess. Like I said earlier, I don't feel any more or any less happy generally than I did in college. There are certain things that I'm definitely happier about, like the fact that I don't have horrible acne anymore. Um, I'm not. I I don't feel happier on a day to day basis that I have a bigger apartment or a better car. But like there are certain things. But back then, I had energy drinks every single day. And when I first started drinking them, I was like, these are great. They're delicious. And I have so much energy and the caffeine's great. And eventually it just became routine. I kept doing them. Now I never drink one of those. I just drink like LaCroix and tea and coffee. Yeah. But I'm not less happy. So do you have a negative habit that you think is making your day-to-day better, but actually is just part of the routine? Because by the logic of the hedonic treadmill, if you were to quit it, Maybe you wouldn't like it at first, but eventually that happiness equilibrium is going to bounce back and you're going to oh, yeah, be you won't care. exactly where you were. And you're not going to be heading towards diabetes or heart disease or chronic illness or all kinds of things like that. Yeah. You know, same with the biking thing. Maybe, maybe you don't even like biking, but it makes you healthier. You know, what yeah. if you like walk to work or what if you took walks during the day? Maybe you don't like them, but they maybe make you not have back pain, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. What can you do to improve your day-to-day? 
This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Hover, the best place on the internet to get your hands on a domain name so you can build yourself a personal website. On College Info Geek, on this podcast and on my videos, we often talk about the importance of building yourself a personal brand, a representation of you and your career and your skills, which you can show off to other people, both offline and online. And in the online realm, you do have your social media profiles, you got your Twitters, you got your LinkedIn, you have your Behances and your Dribbles if you are a graphic designer. But I think that it is great to have a home base of sorts online, a personal website where you can show off your work in all its glory, where you can do case studies, where you can show your process, where you can lay things out exactly as you want and show people how to get in touch with you, whether it be by email or on other networks where they don't already follow you. And the first step to establishing that personal website is getting a professional domain name for yourself. Mine is thomasjfrank.com. So if you go to that, you can see my personal website, how I have things set up. And I also have tomfrankly.com because my online monikers on Twitter and Instagram are tomfrankly. So I wanted to have those as well. And whatever you use, whether it be an online moniker like I've got over there or your name, you should secure that as a domain name for yourself so you can start using that to build your personal brand and so someone else doesn't get it before you. And the best place on the internet, as I said, to get that is hover.com. They have over 400 domain extensions ranging from the classics like your .coms, your .cos, your .mes, and more interesting ones like .cool and .art though I would probably stick to the .coms and the .mes for a professional site, but maybe if you have like an art blog or something, .art could be kind of cool. Anyway, in addition to all that selection, they have an incredibly streamlined and easy process for buying domains. There are no annoying upsells or random pop-ups that get in your way. You can literally buy a domain in less than 30 seconds on Hover. And what's best, included with your domain is free Whois protection. So within that Whois database, your contact information isn't going to show up if somebody searches your domain. It's gonna be a bunch of privatized information that nobody can use to spam you. Also, they have a tool called their Connect feature, which allows you to easily hook up your domain to website builders like Squarespace and Shopify. So if you are ready to get your own domain name, then head on over to hover.com slash CIG. That is H-O-V-E-R dot com slash CIG. And when you go to that URL, you're gonna get 10% off of your first purchase and show Hover that you came from this show, which supports us. So thank you if you do that. And big thanks to Hover for being a sponsor of our show. Also, big thanks to our second sponsor on today's episode, Todoist. Todoist is my favorite task management and project management app out there, so it is really cool to have them as a sponsor on this show. And the reason I like Todoist is, number one, they have apps that are beautifully designed for all of your devices, and they sync all of your tasks across them. So whatever you're using, be it your computer or your phone, you're gonna be able to see all of your projects, all of your tasks, and all of your subtasks. And I love the fact that Todoist natively supports subtasks and makes them very easy to create because this allows you to easily break down your big projects into small manageable chunks. And as you've heard me talk about many times on this podcast and on my videos, one of the main principles in productivity is breaking down your big projects into manageable and actionable items that are very clear on what you're supposed to do next. And Todoist makes this very, very easy. In addition, Todoist also has natural language processing features, which means that you can type all the details of your task in one line of text along with the name of the task, and Todoist will intelligently take those details and apply them to the 
the settings of the task. So you could put English assignment due Tuesday at 4 p.m. and have a context such as high priority or low priority, and it's going to set all those things for you. You don't have to fiddle around with a bunch of settings. It just kind of does it, which is really, really nice. And one of my favorite features of Todoist is their templating system. This allows you to make project templates, which you can reuse over and over again. So if you have a complicated process that you go through, like I do with publishing videos, you can import your template. It will bring all those tasks in. You don't have to type them over and over again, and then you can easily check them off while retaining your project for later uses. So if you want to get started with Todoist, and get their premium subscription for 50% off if you are a student, then head on over to todoist.com slash education. That is T-O-D-O-I-S-T dot com slash education. And once again, I want to give a big thanks to Todoist for sponsoring this week's episode. Let's get back into it. All right, so a few more things that I had written down here for improving that day-to-day. One, protecting your time. And I think you kind of touched on this. I have found that as you get further into your career, it gets very easy to add lots of obligations and to pack your schedule with things. And these things, they seem important because they might bring income, they might do all these things for you, but they have all of a sudden eroded away your time for tinkering and your time for exploration. And this is this is a position that I feel that I'm in right now. I'm like, I have so much work to do that I don't have time to spend like an afternoon just fiddling with some program or learning some new technique or just like exploring something I never thought that I would do before. And I think that that is something that has negatively impacted my day-to-day happiness because in the past it was like, yeah, I wasn't as well known. I didn't make as much money, but I could take an afternoon and learn this weird programming thing. I could learn how to code an encryption algorithm in JavaScript. That's fun. And right now I'm just like, I can't do that, which is stressful. So I think it's important to protect the time you have for exploration and tinkering and, um, and play actually. Yeah. If you get inspired by something, you don't want to have to say no to that Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over. And I actually read an article on QZ the other day saying that doctors are now prescribing play for kids. And the reason they're doing this is because parents feel this intense pressure to overschedule their kid's time because they feel like they need to do super well in school and they also need to take music lessons and they also need to be in Little League and Pee Wee football and basketball league and every sport so they can grow up and be successful kids. And then there's no time left over for play. And then they're wondering, like, why are these kids depressed? Why are these kids not getting good grades? It's because they have no time that's just like unstructured, like just time to explore, just to do things. Yeah. And I had a lot of time like that when I was a kid. That was great. You know, I think it's easy to assume like a person who's really successful was, was really regimented as a kid and that's why they're ahead. But I think kids actually derive a lot of benefits from just having total free time to go out and explore and just do whatever they want. You can't predict what they're going to do. And I think this concept applies to people who are not kids anymore. So I didn't finish reading the article yet, so I don't know if it made this conclusion, but for anyone who's thinking, all right, I'll just let my kids play, and then they they stop there, no, apply it to yourself too. Yeah, I I know that that's been working because since we got the, we like, we got the office space, Mm -hmm. you know? So now I do this mystical thing. I never heard of it before. It's called clocking out. 
You oh, s- what is that? You, uh, well, <laughs> it's when you ostensibly stop working for the day, at least for the most part. Yeah. Because otherwise, working from home has this dangerous thing where you can feel guilty that you're not working 100% of the time, and then you don't eat, and then you don't ever play in any sense, and you don't do anything. Anything but feel guilty or work, or feel guilty or work, and that's that's it all that's the time. Yeah. And uh, But I work so much better after being able to, like, say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing for these three hours, but um, I don't care. I'll just do yeah. something. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because what if I want to go for a walk randomly? What if I'm like, that's a game I never heard of or a book I'd never considered? I think I'm just going to start it. Yeah. Not everything needs to be like a 30-day challenge or a long-term yep. monetary project that's going to pay off in some way. Or mm-hmm. I don't have to read the next book in the series I'm reading right now. If, I do, if it doesn't call to me, then I'm yeah. just like forcing every single thing I like by by assuming that accomplishing those things is what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I could force myself to read two hours of this book every day, play this specific game, and I could fill my day with things that make me so happy all the time. But if I assume that it is the result of those things, and I've scheduled all these things, I'm just going to hate all those things. I'm going to hate photography too. Yep. If I force it every single day, it's not the activity like itself mm-hmm. that does it. It's your ability to enjoy it and, and feel grateful for it and be spontaneous because yeah. you know we're alive. If we didn't want to be spontaneous ever... We should literally be robots and follow yes. a script, but that's not what we are. No, at least to our perception, we are in not any that. in any useful sense. Neither of us are that. No, confirmed. <laughs> that's good enough for me. I certainly, like respirating and shuttling oxygen cells throughout my oh, you like meditation, biological body. Focus on your breath. Yes, that, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, this is why I have absolutely no intention of putting guitar on any habit tracker or checklist ever because i don't want to make that a thing that isn't play yeah when i pick up my guitar i play it and there is no expectation and i still improve because it's fun and i just think oh this this riff would be cool to play oh what if i added that in there what if i started hammering on different than i currently do you know and i make progress yeah, but surely you can't be happy without some sort of smart goal in there that tells you how to do it. No, I am happy. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, I, I do want to make music, and I want to record things. And it, 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 may, it may be the case that at some point in the future I have some sort of goal for producing music. But in terms of just playing the guitar, there's never going to be like a play guitar every day checklist thing. Yeah. I already do. I don't have to, to check that off. So that tells me that's something you really enjoy doing. Yeah, but I bet if you yeah. made it a list, you would eventually start finding days where you didn't I find would. time. You'd be like, oh, I, I guess I could play for five minutes, but that seems pointless. It's not very productive. I'll just yeah. start over tomorrow and you'd stop Actually, playing. there clearly are days where I don't play guitar. Like if we go to Utah. Yeah. I didn't bring my guitar. Or if we are like, oh, we're going to go over and barbecue at a friend's place. All right, that's fine. I won't play today. It doesn't matter. There's no guilt. Because I was enjoying something else with my unstructured free time. Oh, that guilt's a big thing, though, because then yeah. you're, like, irritated. At, you're like, friends, stop trying to be my friends. Stop trying to be social. Stop trying to make me happy. Mm-hmm. I have goals to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I've tried to make some of my goals intentionally vague. Yeah. Like, um, I, I'm using a habit tracker now. And actually, I probably should tell people I'm using a new one. Ooh. 
I, I like Habitica, but I always fall off of Habitica, and I think the reason is because it takes a while to load sometimes. Oh, yeah. So I found one. It's just called Done on iOS. It just opens up. My habits are right there. And it makes fun drum sounds when I Ooh, I like sound off. feedbacks. That's what part of why I like yeah. Wanderlist so much. That was pretty nice, yeah. So, yeah, when you when you tap off your habits on this app, they make a bunch of drum noises. Cool. Um, my exercise goal for, like, a daily exercise simply says sweat. So it's, that's you see, it. that is that is really good because otherwise, like, I've tried to be so regimented, like, I'm going to do cardio on these days, but then I'm like, but the weather is horrible. I don't want to bike and I don't want to mm-hmm. run. I hate running. If I'm not biking, I'm going to despise this. But with your system right there, it's it's vague on purpose. So now you could say, well, if the weather's bad, maybe I'll do pull-ups today. Yeah. And yeah. that's allowable. Mm-hmm. You're not failing some absurdly specific goal that wasn't the source of happiness anyway. Yeah. So I could be like, all right, I'm going to go rock climbing today. Or I'm going to go to the arcade and play DDR. Or I'm going to go mountain biking. Whatever it is, as long as I sweat. You know, if I put like, if I just put exercise, I think that's too big because then I could just pick up the dumbbells over there and like lift them four times and be like, all right, I'm done. Oh yeah. And there's a certain point where you're sandbagging and you're just not making progress. And like, I, I do want to make sure I'm pushing myself physically every day. I don't want to be a sack of potatoes that just sits around. But for me, fitness, fitness is like for fun. Like I want to be fit so I have the capability to do fun things, to rock climb, to snowboard, to skateboard, all these things. So it is in service of enjoying my life. So I'm going to do things that I enjoy doing. I'm not going to be like, yeah, I need to run 40 miles today because of some weird program that I'm on. Yeah. You know? Now, if, if I were training for a specific thing, that may be a different case. But if I'm not training, then I might as well just do what seems enjoyable at the time. Yeah. And for the specific thing, that's a short-term goal. Yes. And that's that's perfectly fine. And we shouldn't mm-hmm. not have goals like that just because that goal doesn't affect how happy you are in 10 years. Yeah. It's still cool to aim for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there may come a time, possibly in the near future, where I'm like, all right, I want to get like really serious and actually audition for Ninja Warrior and these kind of things. So maybe that's like going to involve a training regimen. And I do have a lifting plan. Like three days a week, I still lift. But on the other four, I'm not just like super yoga, ultra cardio, whatever. It's just like, no, I'm going to go do something challenging that's fun. But it doesn't have to be X or it doesn't have to be Y. Yeah. And that's actually – it's useful because exercise itself is one of the easiest things that's been shown to like help people be happier. That too. It like messes with your brain chemistry. It's good for you. And so this this is why exercise is on my list here. Um, What you said, it messes with your brain chemistry. Um, Particularly, it will, you know, regulate and modulate levels of serotonin and norepinephrine and other neuro... What do they call them? I can't think of the word now. Uh, Some word. (laughs) The category for those hormones. Uh, It will make you happier. And if you choose to do things that you enjoy doing, then you're not going to skip them. Like, everyone thinks, oh, to exercise, I have to go to the gym or I have to run on the treadmill, so they don't want to do it. But that's not true. You could go dirt jump your mountain bike and sweat just as much as you're going to on a treadmill running for 30 minutes. You could go climb a wall in a climbing gym and you're going to tire your muscles out just as much as you would doing a bunch of curls with dumbbells. But you might have more fun. Yeah, like I hate hate treadmills and I hate jogging and running, but I love – I'll rollerblade for like – 15 miles, mm-hmm. or I could 
jog for a block before I say this is dumb it's and true. then go back home. Rollerblading lets you see the city. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it makes it it makes it worth it. By the way, you should try rock climbing. It's pretty cool. With like uh like the ropes and the equipment and stuff. Yes. Okay. So I've the gym that, that we go to I've only to... ever done like with with nothing. With nothing? Bol- bouldering? Oh, bouldering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done that because sort of Iowa before. State had a bouldering wall. Um, the place we went to has autobelays. So if you've ever climbed rock wall, at like a family what? fun center or like what's that? Word? Have you ever climbed autobelay? So like a oh, belay okay. system I, I is didn't, usually I didn't know where how to have... interpret it, so I couldn't spell it in my oh, head. Yeah. And I was confused for a second. I so they it. have like top rope where you have like a belay partner, and they will be your. Um, you're fail safe basically if you fall like their weight is what's going to stop you from or they'll falling. hold you like scar and they'll be like say something dramatic and they'll just let you fall they could do that too yes okay. hopefully you pick a belay partner that wouldn't do that um, they also have auto belays which is just a cable system at the top of the wall so if you fall it will make your fall very slow and controlled and then there's also I forget what the word is but there's certain routes they have where there's just clips on the wall at certain points. So instead of you being, or instead of you having your safety at the top the whole time, you are adding safety as you go along, which is how actual rope oh. climbing is done because okay. there's not like ropes at the top of actual mountain climbing routes. It's like leaving a, a breadcrumb trail, but each yes. breadcrumb is holding you to the side of a mountain. Yes, basically. And you still have a partner down there who's oh. anchoring you, but okay. you're basically like setting your safety as you go. So they have all that, they have bouldering, they have, and they also have a weight area, and I love the weight area because the weight area has gymnastics rings and rock climbing grips for pull-ups and all kinds of like actual kind of stuff I would want to do rather than just like your typical machines for curls and shoulder presses and all that. Yeah. So I'm probably going to be going there more often. Uh, anywho, the last one that I wanted to mention here is taking occasional big breaks traveling, taking vacations, all these kind of things. Obviously, this isn't feasible for everyone at every given time. But a lot of people will push off vacations, and I'm one of these people because we think, well, I have better, bigger priorities right now. And if I take a vacation, I'm going to get behind. But if you go long enough without taking a vacation, you just kind of get behind because you haven't reset your brain in a while. So you're no longer as effective as you once were. Yeah. And you and I both know when we come back from vacation, when we come back from even like a weekend of travel. I feel so amazing every time. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's why I like road trips too. Yeah. Because I don't even have music on for most of it. Honestly, I just road trip and I think for like 10 hours straight and I'm so like, look at how beautiful all this nature is. The world is incredible. Wow, the Northwest is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and like there's nothing else to take me from that it's a complete experience Mm -hmm. and and obviously this stuff can be expensive but vacation doesn't have to mean leaving i also got just as much happiness from uh a night that ashley and i stayed in this airbnb in denver we it was just we just stayed like in a different neighborhood for one night above Mm -hmm. a bookstore just one night and it felt like basically just as long it felt like a full vacation just because it was a full mental detachment how did um, the routines? How did Aaron visiting here feel? Did that feel like a vacation or not? It did to me because I did way more in Denver than I normally do. Because yeah. when I live here, what I say is I'm really busy right now. I can't go hiking this weekend. I've got these things I'm trying to do. I'll go hiking next weekend. 
you know, which is just how we push off all the fun of our lives until some mystery task is complete that didn't really matter as much as we think it did in the long run. If you switched the order, who cares if you did the task like a couple days later for the most part? Yep. And then when he was here, it was like, well, we've got to take advantage of the moment now. Otherwise, we're being like terrible hosts if we're Mm -hmm. just like, I'm working. Um, There's a Starbucks down there. Go get a a coffee or something. (laughs) Have fun. We we did go get coffee. Have fun, kid. This is Denver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. sadness. So you don't have to leave your home. You just kind of have to shake up your routine a bit and prioritize relaxation and fun. Yeah, you just need to leave like the the ways in which you hold yourself like to any sort of a routine or expectation. It's the, it's really the expectations that you put on yourself yeah. that you're taking a break from. Yeah. Take a break from the expectations though. I will say travel and getting yourself into a different environment. Does oh yeah. When, do when you can, I think that that's a fantastic way to, for all sorts of things. Yeah. And when you're in college, it could be driving 20 minutes out of town to go hiking or go camping. Actually, I have such fond memories of the night we went camping, like an hour away from Ames in Iowa. Yeah. Cost us basically nothing. It was great. So all you need is to give yourself some time. Yeah. Uh, I think, so I think that's all I had written here. I mean, the main, the main idea here that we want to communicate in this episode is your average day is what primarily determines your happiness. So number one, Try to be in the moment and try to be content with who and where you are in the present. But number two, look for ways to optimize your average everyday experience. And also look for the habits that you may think are making you happy, but are actually destructive and have just become sort of average everyday habits that you could probably jettison without any big hit to that amount of happiness you have. Yeah, you shouldn't have to hold yourself to it out of some guilt that getting rid of it makes yeah. you less of something. Yes. Like, I'm not responsible if I stop doing that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, realize that the hedonic treadmill is just that, is a treadmill. So you don't want to stop. I think progression is still important. I think that is, is something that makes us quintessentially human, the drive to grow and explore and test our boundaries and expand them. You can make your average day worse. And sitting there watching Netflix every day just to make the time pass is much different than meditatively intaking the world and considering your essence. So don't try to pretend you're a monk sitting on Netflix. It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the fact that your average, you know, day-to-day experience is is important doesn't – it doesn't make – the fact that if you neglect things, eventually they will come back to bite you. It doesn't make that fact go away. So if you neglect your health because you think sitting and watching Netflix and never working out is the best average everyday experience, you're eventually going to find yourself in a... You're hurting your lifetime average day. (laughs) In a bad average day in the future. Yeah. So this is something that has to be balanced with the kind of work that that will set you up for a long, happy, productive life. Yeah. You know, it's it's all balance. Yeah. The next Perfectly step is balanced. important. Yeah. As everything should be. <laughs> Thanos, no. Um, it's a bad system. I wanted to end this with a quote from Ray Dalio. I put this in last week's newsletter, but I did want to read it. Yeah. That, that one right there on that book it right is. there? It is okay. from the book Principles, which is sitting right over there. Cool. And the quote is, uh, evolving is life's greatest accomplishment and its greatest reward. I'm not sure if a Buddhist monk would agree with that, but 
I think it's worth considering. So I think that'll about do it for this episode. Guys, if you want to find the show notes, I know Martin mentioned that book about Zen Buddhism. Zen right? Mind, Beginner's Mind. Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. So we will have a link to that book and to anything else that we mentioned in this episode, including the video I did on my YouTube channel, which is sort of a companion for this or vice versa. So you can find those show notes over at cigpodcast.com slash 226, because this is episode 226, I do believe and do declare. Or if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, you can find the link in the description, wherever it is on screen, probably below. I don't know where it is on Facebook. I think it's on the side. So I turn can't your say, head, turn your head and then it's below. There you go. Yeah. Turn your head 90 degrees or is it negative 90 degrees? I don't know. I don't Some know. amount of degrees and then it will be in the description down below. Uh, you can also find our favorite resources for improving your life as a student over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. You'll find our toolbox with our favorite apps and other tools, which can uh, help you. You can find our college packing guide which is a very comprehensive list of everything that you may want to bring to either a dorm or an apartment if you're going off to college or university. And last but not least, you'll find our essential books list for students. So if you're looking for a great new read, definitely check that page out. I think that is about it. So if you enjoyed this episode, one way to support the show is to go give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have not subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player of your choice yet, that is a very cool thing to do for you because so uh, cool. you don't have to, I don't know, listen to the episode in your web browser. I think some people still do that. You can actually have it downloaded automatically to your pod- podcast player. Oh, then you could listen to it while going yeah. for a walk if you so chose. Maybe that would improve your ability to enjoy the podcast. Or maybe you That's hate true. going on walks normally and now you get an exercise. That's true, yeah. Actually, yeah, some people don't like going out for uh, runs or walks, but if they have an interesting podcast to listen to, then uh, it's more more bearable. So maybe they're training for a marathon or something. I don't know. Maybe. Anywho, thank you once again for listening, and we will see you in next week's episode. Thank you.